Full Service Radio is supported by Compass, the future of real estate in the metro D.C. area and beyond. Discover more at compass.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Matthew Ramsey, cheeseburger pornographer, mezcal alchemist, and corn curator. And I'm Eddie Kim, proud DCist, MSG fairy, and wino au naturel. Every week, <laughs> MSG fairy? MSG fairy. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> I sprinkle it everywhere. Ah, uh, so good. Um, every week, we share a shift drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, and brewers, and pretty much anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry. This week, we have a stalwart on the D.C. restaurant scene and a culinary storyteller, Jeff, uh, Chef, <laughs> Chef Rob Ruba. Welcome. Hello. Welcome, welcome, yes. Jeff Ruba. Jeff Ruba. <laughs> Jeff Ruba. <laughs> Uh, MSG, wait, Rob, what are, your, what, are your, what are your thoughts on MSG? It's good. I have no issues with it. Um, I was, I was, looking, I was yeah. looking at a thing from a, a, post, a recent post from Alex McCoy on, on Facebook. Uh, and he posted a Yelp review, a one-star Yelp review, where the reviewer said, one star, I found out what the secret ingredient was. Uh, they use MSG in their burgers. And they actually don't. But the guy's like, I was up all night because of this MSG. We still have these stereotypes, negative stereotypes about MSG. MSG is yes. it's literally it's a naturally occurring ingredient in everything from everything. It. Yeah, like David. if you're allergic to it, you can't have tomatoes, you can't have bacon, you can't have cheese. I'm ranting, but it gets me. It's I mean it's it's an issue. David Chang is out there on his shows trying to educate the public about it's, it's literally as harmless as, as salt. Anyways, rant over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff Ruba. No, uh, what are we drinking today? What is your shift drink that you decided? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, no, I'm joking. This is the <laughs> Stillwater Extra Dry Saison brewed with sake lees, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sake style. Uh, pretty low alcohol level. Nice, crisp. Super crushable. Yes, very crushable. And it's also the can is also designed by last week's guest Mike Van Hall. Yeah. So um, very nice segue. It's a beautiful can. Beautiful can. Beautiful yeah, beer. So it's very deliberate on my part. Yeah, and so it's very seasonal. So I had to run around town a little bit trying to find this four pack. Run around town means I stop by two places. <laughs> and but running around meant you were also what riding a scooter. I was riding a scooter and <laughs> subsequently <laughs> dropping this four pack. Uh, so we're drinking dented cans. Um, scooters are dangerous. Yeah, you got to use both hands, listeners. Both hands, you know, full, full, <laughs> all your hands available, not holding a four pack. I, li- I literally saw a girl bite it in front of me yesterday while I was driving uh, on a scooter, and it was just, it was a full frontal. It was, it happens. You guys be careful, be careful out there. Rob, you, you said you have never ridden one. I have never ridden a scooter. Okay. So we will, we will break that. Yeah, I think today is we're, the we're day. We're definitely doing it today. Let's do it. So I, don't, if, I, don't wanna, I, don't, I don't want you to ever be in this position again of being on the radio and saying <laughs> yeah. you've never ridden But a if scooter. I eat it, I'm going to blame it on the heat. Yeah, like, no. It's like, heat stroke. That's why I fell. Yeah. Let's not blame it on the beer. Yes. Yes. Um, if, if you're in Adams Morgan uh, at around 345, 4 o'clock today... Come and, see uh, Rob ride a scooter. <laughs> and be potential <laughs> witnesses to an accident. <laughs> Is there a hashtag we can throw out there for this? Ooh, stink. Ruba on wheels? Ruba on wheels, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rolling with Ruba? Rolling with Ruba. Yeah. Roddy Rob Ruba. Yeah, get the Rubbas. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's, let's kind of let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, we'll kind of... To our first segment here called 
two truths, one lie. Two truths, one lie. All right, you know how this goes. Uh, we're going to kind of use this as a, a jumping off point to figure out a little bit more about you. All right. Dazzle us. <clears throat> Do this from the dome. Cell phone this time. Nice. Oh, man. It's back wow. to old school. <laughs> well prepared. All right. So I once broke a chicken down with a broken arm, and I was given a thumbs up by diner, dives, and drive-in aficionado Guy Fieri. That's one. That's one. That's, that's the one. first one. That's just one. <laughs> Strong one. I was like, Guy Fieri, false chicken fact. Okay, I personally lost one of Dan Aykroyd's Ghostbusters toys. Um, he was very upset with me. Okay, <laughs> these are good. I like these. I like these. In a recent trip to Iceland, I had the opportunity of meeting the president. In uh, some nervousness, when I went to shake his hand, I went for the high five. Wow. Okay. That's a classic move. I, actually, it's not even classic. That's just classy. I respect that. Yeah. The, high, the president high presidential <laughs> high five. Uh, Eddie, I'm going to let you take the... <laughs> you going to let me go? Okay. I, I know you, I, you've taken that, that, that trip um, to, to yes. Finland, so I know you've done that. And we did read about... An, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, and you cooked a cake for him. A birthday cake. You baked cake. a cake, a birthday cake, in the shape of a cone head. There was I multiple believe. elements. Multiple there was elements. A, yeah. There was a slimer made out of chocolate, a chocolate <laughs> cone head, chocolate blues brothers. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I thought that was true, but the way you answered that, no, I think it's false. Um, I want to say that the first one you no. was, was false. first one's false. Yeah. Wait, no. Ah, fuck. Well, right, what, what I won't follow your gut on this one. But don't follow my gut. I think, I think, yeah, I think the first one's false. First one's false. It's the high five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you're not yeah. classy after all. You no. get a regular handshake. Yeah. Still awkward, but yeah. yeah it's good. Uh, and how did, how did you, how did you meet? Who, that, that the, guy? The, the president. Yeah, yeah. The president. president. I was on that trip through uh, Iceland Air for tourism in Iceland. And they took us on a tour of his home, and uh, there was no security. You could just like walk right in. There's like one guy standing at the door, like hi. Was it decorated with angry birds everywhere? No, no, it was not. No, is that Icelandic? Yeah, but he know. hates. Oh, wait, 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 that's Finnish. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, wait a minute, I'm getting the countries him. backwards. God damn it! So many angry emails coming our way from those dangerous Finns. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's amazing, though. How many presidents have you met? Uh, one. Right. Unless they're like of clubs or something very yeah. small. Then it's probably <laughs> a good handful. <laughs> um, what toy did you lose? Of you had the, the Ecto-1, the uh, ambulance oh, man. car. Yeah, that, they like loaned it to us to put on this cake. And it was my job to like move all of it back. And uh, kind of got a little starstruck with some other celebrities there. And like who? Like there's like Steven Tyler. Uh, just, there were probably people, I don't know who else was there at the time. This was 18 years ago. Steven Tyler is weird looking in real life. Yes. He's a tiny man. He's coming after me now, but yes. <laughs> well, Steven Tyler in all of Finland. Thanks, Eddie. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Was that, was that an Angry Bird? Tweet, tweet. Was that St- Steven Tyler eating Finland with his... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Guy Fieri. He, he rocked his socks off with a... Uh, broken arm chicken. Yeah. I had broken my arm when I was living in Las Vegas, working at uh, Guy Savoie. And uh, I still need to work. And they're in the middle of the rush, so I broke down a chicken for them. And he happened to be doing a kitchen tour and did like a double take. And he was like, what? And then he... Uh, Give me a little piece or thumbs up. So right on. The lines of that. So, yeah. He, he, that man gets a lot of flack, but I, I feel like he, at the end of the day, he's actually probably a pretty good guy. Oh, man, nothing. Eddie Kim's just looking. I, at me. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He's a character. Yeah, but I, think, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in real life, I don't know. You, you, 
he's not going to turn out to be like a Jared from Subway. Yeah. Like, I think he's probably an okay guy, right? <laughs> you, you went wow. straight to Jared. Wow. It's going to take a lot to be a Jared from Subway. Wow, yeah. He's kind of the lowest. Yeah. For those who don't know, Jared from Subway is <laughs> a bad person. Very bad. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get, let's, let's be best, Jared. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we, we often talk about this uh, with our guests, that kind of that aha moment that leads to, you know, their unique path in this industry. Um, for you, it was a frozen duck. Yeah. That's what we read, yeah. Got smacked over the head with one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was actually in the pastry arts after art school, and uh, I really wanted to just cook savory food. And my uncle had a very large... Uh, cookbook collection I pulled down Charlie Trotter's meat and game and there was a recipe for a duck in there so I bought a frozen duck and was about to attempt butchering a frozen duck which means I'd probably not have a hand right now but my uncle caught me in time and was like what the fuck are you doing and uh next day he brought another duck and showed me how to break it down side by side and right on. What's your, all the uses of it was your uncle a chef yes oh still is but yes. Uh, what, what did what did do you have a restaurant? Uh, he was cook? the executive chef of Mohegan Sun Casino when I was working there. Ah, so okay. I got the slide in. I was like, uh, the, that's the uncle's kid. Yeah, so whatever. And uh, yeah, now he works for some catering company or something along the lines of that. Yeah, right on. Uh, and then I mean that duck has kind of it's kind of followed you your whole career as as these aha moments do. I don't see any tattoos, but I would imagine you probably have a duck tattoo on your back. No, I do not. Not yet. yet. It's a Howard the Duck tramp stamp, I heard. (laughs) Howard the Duck, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, What a movie. Do you you own any duck presses? No, I do not own a duck press. They're all the rage right now. Yeah, they're. Are they now? I I mean, we're here or. They're coming back. I'm seeing them pop up here. Yeah. We've talked about it, so you. So Bresca, which is another Bresca great, just came out with their duck great press. restaurant yeah. here in DC on 14th Street. They are talking about doing a tableside presentation of a, yeah of duck, and then you've mentioned that, pine, yeah pineapple pearls. They have uh, at least three presses that they're trying to figure out what to do with. I'm not sure if it's gonna be duck. I, that's I mean that's basically all it is. But um, I know they've been experimenting over there. So very cool in my my very yeah my very limited bubble I've been seeing duck presses and at least in the bar world we see a lot of table side presentation with cocktails and on bar cards and such that's been going on for a couple years duck press table side cocktails and actually at Hazel there was a champagne cart yeah right yeah yeah they had a very extensive champagne uh, by the glass menu and then they would roll the cart over and pour you a glass pour some baller champagne yeah Yeah. Uh, I see a, a trend with table side presentation and going back to some of these old school luxury uh, techniques do you yeah absolutely i think it's one it it shows freshness like the open kitchen but it's even closer so you know the quality of what you're getting um that interaction is a little more fun and honest it's not so many smoke and mirrors right right it's just kind of like and the sustainability i guess of using everything with a duck press is cool right like there's still some juice in these bones and we're going to like muscle and sweat through this thing and I, like push yeah. this juice out and make this awesome sauce for you. That's, that's pretty cool. I feel like we could create a whole show on will it press or not. We just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, we just bring up a whole bunch of like a, a cheeseburger, yeah. a grapefruit. Oh my God. Nice. Just get a duck press. An iPod. I do it every, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most foodie bougie thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, I think also like it brings some of that entertainment value back into dining, which yes. um, I feel like used to be a little bit more present. And I mean, trends, you know, it's a, it's a pendulum that swings both ways, but I think the, the pendulum for that might be swinging back in that direction. Sure. You know, bananas foster, table side. Yeah, People man. love that. That's good. People fucking love that. Guacamole carts. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Guy Fieri, I, I, I ate at the Guy Fieri restaurant in, in uh, Mexico City at, at the airport. No, Cancun. Uh, and I was actually I was actually kind of impressed. It was really good. <laughs> okay, and, yeah. And I, and I hate that it was great, great. but it was, it was really good. They, but they did have a guacamole cart. That happens. You yeah. get surprised sometimes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a, yeah I'm not going to wax poetic about it, but yeah, it was good. Is, is there something over the top that you want to bring back? 
in your Ooh, experiences? I don't know if I want to bring it back because I had to do it so much, but we used to do on Vessi, which is when you put something in a pig's bladder. Oh, uh, yeah. You, uh, put some liquid, you keep ladling it, it blows up, and it's kind of this natural pressure cooker in a way. You know, we used to do a pintad or a guinea hen like that, and it's the worst. You'd get a, usually put a straw in it to like blow it up, but you'd be in the rush and you'd have to put your lips up against it. This sounds very Charlie Trotter. Is this, yeah. is this, this was at Guy Savoie. Okay. And we used to get them flown in from France and they'd come dried in a package and it'd say like balloons on it or something to get through customs and you'd open it. It's like these dried pig's bladders. And then you put, a, let's say, a guinea, uh, fowl into the pig's bladder. Yes. Cinch it up. Tie it off. Tie yeah. it off yeah. like a balloon. And then it's the balloon and they cut it table side and we'd fill it with black truffles and everything so this great aroma comes out. Yeah. And, That's cool. Whoa. We could do it with a cocktail. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to get Instagram photos of you putting your lips on that thing. <laughs> um, uh, they say you never meet your idols, but you did eventually, but you eventually went to work at Charlie Trotter's, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, he opened a restaurant in Vegas. Um, I'd moved out west with my wife who was girlfriend at the time, and uh, we ended up in L.A., and the scene wasn't like it is today, so we kind of, I don't know, we were like, we can't find anything. We were coming from New York. We were like, we can't find anything we want to do. You're, you're a Jersey boy, right? Yeah, for 18 years of my life, I was yeah. a Jersey boy, yeah. I don't know, is that bad? No, there's no, no, there's no connotation there. <laughs> Jersey, it's the garden state. I was actually uh, in Jersey boys. And, you're, uh, you were a garden boy, right? <laughs> a garden boy, yeah, I'm a garden state boy. I'm sorry, you were in Jersey, no, Jersey I boys? Just, I, I, as a Broadway, I thought we were still playing as, Truth as a, Broadway, as a Broadway fan, you piqued my interest, so don't, don't <laughs> pluck at my heartstrings like that. Um, but you moved out to, to Las Vegas. And, yeah. And he was opening Restaurant Charlie at the time, and I got to be part of that opening team and meet him and everything. So That's that pretty fucking pretty, cool. So you, yeah. you went from literally, you know, one of your first like savory, well, that aha moment with the, with the Charlie Trotter cookbook to actually working at Charlie Trotter. Yeah, pretty quick. Or, like within or, like three years. Yeah, I'd worked at Gordon Ramsay's at the London Hotel in New York prior to that. But how was that? That was intense. Yeah, it was cool. Was that? I, that I mean, was that during like? hell's kitchen like prime time yeah definitely definitely i mean were those with the like the contestants that actually won were they actually a part of those things like the the prize is always like open up gordon's rams you know yeah i don't i don't think so i never saw any of them there at the yeah (laughs) who knows i think that's kind of a maybe they get to hang out and like wash some vegetables or something i'm not sure did you ever have your face stuck between two pieces of bread and get called an idiot sandwich no no that was on. No, that was that's on. great. Was that on the? That's on the. Oh, oh God! Really what are you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> an idiot sandwich. Um, um, <laughs> I will see that. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, so let's leave it at there between idiot sandwich, and we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. We're joined by Rob Ruba here at the Line Hotel, Washington D.C. The song you're listening to is Bring a Little Love by Keto, that's K-I-E-D-O, and this is Full Service Radio.
All right, welcome back to Shift Drink. We're here with Chef Jeff Rob Ruba. Right, Eddie Kim? Sorry, I'm not going to let that one go. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have messed up every single guest name for a little bit at some point. Yes, Jeff. Is that what, you're, is that what your employees say? That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm actually taking over all the Chef Jeffs in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, so, you heard it here first. Yeah. Rob's next move. We scooped you all. <laughs> Um, so two years ago, you opened up a restaurant that was driven by you. You have homages to your past, tips of the hat to your experiences in the industry. It was, from what I read, 10 years in the making, and the restaurant was named after your grandmother, Hazel. Um, what changed? What does it mean? Um, like, what does it mean to you to like to move past <clears throat> all that now? Because that's. That's a great question. That's a, it's a big one. I'm sorry. No, we, came, we came back. Oh, no, I love it. That's good. Come back hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, doesn't, it doesn't change much for me. I think of it more like an artist creating a piece or an album. Like it's kind of preserved in a way and you're working towards something and we all, we all need to grow. Um, it's like 10 years in the making and that's yeah. kind of like my salad days, if you will. And you kind of get all these things out of your system that you've been thinking about and wanting to create and it's it's a piece of me i think it made a mark and it was exciting but i'm personally ready for something else yeah something different so well and you i mean you went to art school you you know you work in a creative industry and i think that anybody that's done anything creative can understand what that means you know to to grow Mm -hmm. and to put expressions out there and to kind of want to move on from that as well um, are you going to be taking any of the things from Hazel with you? Mm, I, I think some of the sensibility of, in that growth, but I don't think there'll be replications of dishes or anything along the lines of that. I think you have to do something completely new and you know, just keep growing as a person. I mean, the restaurant itself was an expression of lot, some of the global influences that you've had over your cooking career at least that's what that's what's what it seemed like there are a lot of asian dishes um are, are there is there anything in particular that you're, you're thinking about focusing on any type of cuisine or, or even style <laughs> some of this is hush no um i mean i think sustainability and seasonality are very important i think i could leave it there sure kind of okay good so food <laughs> it's going to be he's gonna cook food ladies and gentlemen uh, no that's okay we, I, we don't mean to put you on the hot seat we're just uh i guess maybe trying to get at the heart of like kind of motivation and what and what's what's driving you and um because like leaving a a restaurant that's so very personal like it you know, there has to be some pretty big motivation behind that. Um, and maybe that's just motivation to, to, to keep evolving, as you say. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you hit, you hit a point where you want to do more and you realize this might not be the best stage. Not that, I mean, Hazel's great. It still is. I mean, it's just exactly for creativity and for what I want to do next. I, I need a different platform. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about going more independent? Um, Hazel is part of a larger restaurant group, and so that has generally different. Yeah, I think you know that's, pros and cons to it. So exactly, there's mm-hmm. there's probably more pros than any cons in that situation. I think just as an individual and a creative type, I I definitely want to do something more individual for sure. Good. Um, in the meantime, you I think you mentioned you might do some you know a little traveling. A little couple pop-ups. Is there a place Absolutely. that you have in mind that you want to go to, explore, do some research? Um, there's plenty of places. There's probably nothing off the top of my head specifically uh, that I'll actually be able to go to. I mean, I think Mexico is a place I just want to go and eat some of that, some regional food from there. Because uh, I don't think I've had a good experience here of what it truly is. Yeah. I think that would just be eye-opening. Um, it's not necessarily cuisine I want to do, but... I just think it would be super tasty and fun. Um, as for, like, little things I'm going to be doing, I'll be in Kentucky at this place, Bar Vetti, in uh, August doing a quick pop-up with my friend Andrew McCabe. Uh, yeah. What, what, what is life after the restaurant like? What, like what, are you, what are you doing these days? Are you kind of just enjoying 
having some time. Yeah, I'm here hanging out with you guys right yeah, that's now. That's right. Scoot- <laughs> hashtag scooter life. Scooter life. No, uh, it's lovely. Uh, it takes a minute, like, to adjust. I think I was like checking my phone constantly still for the first week and realizing, whoa, there's no emails. Right. This is so great. <laughs> and then it's like, this is so lonely. Yeah. <laughs> no more late night ordering. No. Yeah. None of that. Or we don't have this. Or I'm calling out. I'm sick. Or whatever. So um, it's definitely frees up some mind for creativity and just spending time focusing more on my family uh we have like a 200 plus square foot garden plot that we've just been growing Ooh. all kinds of crazy things right in this on. summer so that's been fun and taking up some time well and i mean that's the, that's the other side of this industry sometimes it's hard to you kind of balance that that family life with the restaurant life um i'm sure it's yeah. nice to kind of have that yeah i think i don't know i always have a problem with that word though and like nothing no offense, but like balance, people say that all the time, but yeah. I think it's like, you just have to figure out how to make that your life, you know, mm-hmm. like it's cause like, okay, so when I'm not at work, I don't think about my family and when I'm with my family, I don't think about work. Like I don't I feel like you have to figure out how to make that work all together. It's like its own ecosystem. Everyone has their own kind of style and their own levels that they yeah. thrive in when it comes to work, family. Yeah. Pleasure. So I think that's like what works for me, mm-hmm. figuring that out next. Yeah. And then you're gonna are you are you antsy are you the antsy type that's gonna throw yourself back into a restaurant once once you get a project together? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, it's just the way I am. I, I have to give like a hundred percent, no matter what it is. Like to go back to that garden real quick, we had uh, we had to do a community service because it's multiple plots, and they said dig these trenches for hoses, and everyone like dug like. I don't know, like a millimeter in and just laid a hose on Wimps. top. Yeah, and it's like the lawnmower is going to tear your hose up. But I'm there like digging. I got like ripped my hands up yesterday. Nice. <laughs> like, but I have to do it right. You know what I mean? Like it has to be done correctly because that is like your work. Like if I were to drop dead doing that, at least people would be like, that guy dug a good trench, man. That, that like, guy gives a fuck like, about trenches. <laughs> uh, now, what does what a, a Robert garden look like? What? What are we growing this, this season? What's hot? What's hot? It's jumping off. Um, we've got four kinds of tomatoes going. Korean cucumbers, lemon cucumbers. We just finished up with all of our radishes. We had like French breakfast radishes. They're nice. done. Uh, my daughter threw like a handful of these peas like into the ground and they end up growing like this gigantic thing of snap peas. So we have those. Zucchini, uh, tons of perilla, scallions eggplant uh watermelon yeah now are you are you cooking a lot at home now yeah definitely definitely it's my wife's birthday yesterday and i cooked the the big feast with pride majority from that garden right on that's such a wonderful feeling yeah it's great and the kids are like picking tomatoes right off and eating them i I wish i had that experience when i was a kid just getting like dirty and just it's awesome are, are they at the age where they're taking interest in dad's career? Or have they already chosen not to do it? No, no. Have you showed them how to break down a duck? I mean, no. I probably With won't do arm. that part yet. Um, but yeah, they do. I mean, anytime we're, we're cooking, our littlest one just climbs up onto the, the island, like the kitchen island, and is just like so involved, like fingers away from knives. And it's just pretty bizarre. Like they're just drawn to it. Um, Maybe they could do something along the food lines, but I'd rather they not get in the kitchen. But yeah. if they do, cool, go for it. So, you know? Sounds like a very common story. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun watching kids uh, of parents in the industry because it's like. Uh, so one of our guests, uh, Rob Duncan from Dolceza, uh, his kids all like have been drinking espresso since the age of like two, Jeez. and <laughs> like they just. I mean, gelato is part of their life, and they just get it basically all the time but they also like are just like really adventurous eaters and like love just weird stuff and it's really awesome and encouraging to see but i don't have any kids i don't know about these things neither do i (laughs) (laughs) yolo it's wonderful um you've worked with a lot of industry giants uh from gordon ramsay charlie trotter and others as have there been any like you got any, I mean, I can only imagine that these influenced your career and how you like work in the kitchen. What was your probably, I guess, biggest influence? 
or who? That's a, that's a good one. I mean, there's so many. But I guess giving, working with all these giants, there's always somebody under them yeah. that you end up working with. Sure. And um, there are so many. I mean, there's a, there's a chef, Eric Bost, who was the chef de cuisine at Kisawa when I was there. And he's about to open a restaurant in Los Angeles. And like, he really taught me a lot about drive and how to push and everything. Um, they all have their own influences. So I wouldn't say one is the leader in that. You know? Yeah. They all kind of. But like, do you, like, you, do you see yourself yeah. in the kitchen, like saying something to your staff and be like, oh, like that's so. I used to, and, and I don't do it as much because a lot of them were very short tempered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Early in my career. Yeah. I would, I would yell and use some of the same same things and mannerisms but I, I don't think that's a healthy kitchen anymore and that, you know a lot of those giants I worked for are from that old school mentality yeah. very high pressure high stress and uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's the future and I don't want that to be the future I don't want I don't want a cook to go home and feel the way I did you know yeah um, and it, it drove me it pushed me but I don't think that kind of stress and anxiety about a station is really worth it well like unfortunately i think that is like a it's a learned behavior that is passed down um i don't know but i I have seen and it's encouraging to see like a lot of bigger chefs now that are are kind of steering their kitchens away from that and like yes working with scott munns at pineapple pearls like i don't think i ever heard him yell in fact a lot of times he would just like tell me what table it was by using his fingers <laughs> uh and like i mean you would know when he was mad and you, you would know when you displeased him but you would never know like he would never just like berate you yeah. or like throw something at you um and i think yeah and every kitchen has its own personality usually dictated by the leader and how about your kitchen at hazel what was the personality what did you play music did you yeah we we always played music in the kitchen both prep and service i think that was important um i think it was very direct communication like this is your job but just just do it yeah it's and giving clear information i think that helps and you know there's times where things get busy or stressful and there's maybe a different tone but it's not you're not yelling at people you're just help commanding them you know um you're not demanding things and have empathy, understand that they're just people, you know, like right. if someone calls out and it's legit, like you can't be mad for five days. You might be f- mad in the moment, like I'm working at station tonight. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but in the end, I think we've things, all been there. things happen, right? And yeah. you have to understand that and not hold any grudges. So, yeah. Now, Hazel was kind of your first big solo operation. And now we see a lot of, I see a lot of young kids, kids, I call them kids. Uh, you're, so, you're so old and wise. Jeez, <laughs> I feel I feel old. Uh, start their own operations and, and start running their own kitchens, or just kind of go out on their own. One piece of advice you would give them from your salad days. Be, from my salad days, or uh, be realistic with your numbers and don't be don't be too cocky or think that you're going to be able to do more. You do like lowball it when you're running performers to see what you can actually do because yeah. I think a lot of people are like yeah we're going to do great we're going to sell this at this price and there's maybe some opening steam and then after that you're trying to figure out how I'm going to operate with this new budget so yeah. really looking at the numbers I think is the most important part well on top of that too we have initiative 77 which is complicating the game uh, have you has that come into your, into your world at all a little bit but with this like I said I could say it's personal passionate so it's going small is kind of the idea and I right. think then that doesn't affect as much I think there's like the spectrum you could be like a really huge operation that's cranking like I don't know thousands of people a day and you could probably raise your prices a little bit and then that's kind of just like smoothed over in a right. way I think like everybody could still get tipped they could get paid if that's the case and then if you're smaller it's like we could probably still figure this out yeah so i mean as a yeah as a future owner are you are you even considering an alternate model uh service charge or you know sharing responsibilities between front and back of the house any of those things exactly i think sharing responsibility is one of the great things and people being involved uh 
it's not going to be as small as that, but I always look at those really tiny, like, Japanese restaurants you go into, and it's, like, just the husband and wife, and, like, it's, it works, you know? They make it work, and there's kind of, like, this unity, and it's one thing I've never liked is those walls, like, back of the house, front of the house. Like, right. I mean, we need it for payroll or whatever, but it's just, like, not my job kind of thing. And right, it's like, right, right. I don't know. I think everybody should be involved, and it helps back of the house to run food and interact with guests, and it creates more of an understanding what a restaurant is as a whole instead of just i'm gonna be a good cook one day right. it's like you know just well helps. yeah i mean and you know we see that over at tail of goat they're doing doing a similar thing where you know the the back of the house will work a shift or two doing front of the house as a back back waiter and it's like it does kind of break down that that divide between like us against them which kind of tends to kind of creep up in, in most restaurants at some point no, it's us against them, but then there's also, you know, worker versus owner, which right. is, those lines are <laughs> definitely so being blurred. I mean, Rob, you'll jump on the line. I know mm-hmm. you, you're a hard worker and you'll jump on the line whenever needed. Yeah, and, usually am. So yeah. I like to work. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that, is that one of the things though, as like a chef owner that like kind of changes? I mean, it's, I guess it's one of those things you, the bigger you get, sometimes like the less involved you are with the actual doing yeah absolutely i think that puts you back down the grounds and if something is broke or whatever you're probably looking at the dollars a lot differently and you're like i'm gonna do this and it's a good education i mean you learn how to do a lot more for sure uh how to minimize things as well so so i'm not gonna say where but i saw you in a kitchen recently a very very tiny kitchen is that um do you feel more comfortable in the tiny kitchen being, being that, you know, you like those small mom-and-pop Japanese-style places where you're doing everything on your own. So yeah. you go for, you know, a crew of, you know, 10 chefs or 8 chefs all the, all the way down to one. I, it, it's not to sound narcissistic, but I like the idea of that because it's control. And I think that's yeah. what we like as chefs sometimes. Is So it's like a smaller kitchen's better because you can hire the first guy or the second guy and they're, they're talented, but as the... I mean, how many good people are there, you right. know, that are willing to be on the line? So, of course, in that smaller thing where if it's, something is messed up, I know it's my fault or if something needs to be fixed. I know I'm the one who can make that happen. You know, it's right. on me. And I don't I don't know if I'm like all the way down there and like the 20th cook is burning the fries. Like, I don't want to worry about that. Right. You but know? at the end of the day, like, your name would still be attached to that. Yes. And it's yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. I think I was washing dishes though. I wouldn't really say I was cooking. You know? <laughs> I'm moonlighting dishwasher here. Okay? That was towards the end of the night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was a very special night at that, but I won't say where. Um, so elusive. Well, let's uh, let, let's move on here. We're, we'll uh, jump to our little segment we call "Would Rabbit. You Rather." Oh, Whoa, would you rather? Oh. Now, what do you want to do? What, which one? Which, what, what are you feeling? Okay, let's go to rapid fire. Rapid fire. <laughs> rapid fire. That was re- that was really just a test for Alexia. To yeah, see I'm sorry, Alexia. Yeah, that was our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Alexia is okay. running the show today. A round us. of applause for Jack's intern, Alexia, on the boards tonight. Yeah. I came up with this one, Rob. Right. So, would you rather spend a night spooning with your former me- former mentor, Gordon Ramsay? We're doing rapid. We did the whole rapid fire sound effect and everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so terrible. At this. You're not good. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just do we'll, we'll just right. do would you rather right now since I started. Rapid fire. Would you rather? Okay. So, would you rather spend a night spooning with your former mentor, Gordon Ramsay? Probably with two pieces of bread whispering in your ear. Sandwich. <laughs> what are you? For an entire night. And probably have breakfast with him. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely breakfast. You, he's cooking breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he might be a nice guy. He'll, he'll cook you breakfast. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, or. or go ahead. Yeah. Or go to a date night with your wife at a three-star Michelin restaurant of your choice. But your babysitter is Donald Trump. I'm spooning with Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's a 
Gordon Ramsay of Matthew Ramsay relation is a big time listener, so we can definitely make that happen. Yes. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would you, <laughs> a secondary question: Would you be a little spoon or a big spoon? Big. I'm going big on that I'm one. Big. Okay. Yeah. You make Gordy a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just feels right. Uh, well, wait. We we kind of talked about your your garden. And you made a meal. What was the last meal you made for yourself? Hmm. Like just privately? Yeah, just privately. Yeah. Microwave burrito. <laughs> no, not microwave burrito. Those are um, peanut butter, cucumber, and hot sauce sandwich. That's yeah. Sounds actually really good. That <laughs> sounds really good. Yeah, that's like my that late works? night thing sometimes. Yeah, I feel like everybody has their own rendition of the peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. My my best friend was peanut butter and avocado, which actually that's also good. works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine's peanut butter jelly with Fritos on it. Nice. I don't like peanut butter. Every, everybody has their own rendition of a peanut butter sandwich, <laughs> except for right Eddie now. Kim. I'm just saying it <laughs> right now. Eddie Kim's going to be that guy. I don't have a jar of peanut butter at home. What? No. Uh, well, I'm yeah. definitely going to go. And these are cucumbers from your own garden? or No, it's too early in the season. No, we just started getting yeah. some now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the weather is incredibly oppressive right now. So what is your sweltering summer guilty pleasure? Drink or food? I don't. I don't have one. What do you do? AC and binge watch uh, Game of Thrones. Cocktail. <laughs> That's. I don't have a good answer for you. A peanut butter. So. Is it a peanut butter cocktail? Yeah, peanut butter cocktail. Just for, <laughs> just for Eddie. Uh, when was the last time you failed? <laughs> this, this is my favorite rapid fire question because everybody's <laughs> expecting like light questions and this one's just like boom uh, I'll go with dad fail I was supposed to take my daughter to the pool on Friday and I kept promising her and I didn't Ooh. and she threw she was so upset with me and uh, that's some heavy disappointment but I made it back on Saturday but uh, yeah that was a fail dad what'd you, fail what'd you do to make up I took her to the pool. Oh, you took her to the pool. Okay. <laughs> I think there was some ice cream okay. involved and whatever yeah. else she asked for. I feel for like ice day, cream soothes yeah. all things. <laughs> uh, your most memorable evening in one of your, any, any kitchen that you've cooked at, cooked in. A memorable shift. I'd say uh, I was working at this restaurant, L2O, with uh, Laurent Gras, and it was, we knew the commissioner or whatever of, Michelin was in there and uh, it was like super stressful and all that and uh, he had walked back after his meal and kind of gave like Laurent like this little wave and kind of thumbs up thing and I think like myself and the whole whole kitchen just felt so relieved because we were so afraid like it was just such high pressure right. and stress and like Waves after that was like, and they were like happy beers after service it wasn't like freaking out happy so. beers taste much better than, yeah. than sad beers yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless it's a goza, and then the salt kind of adds to it. Salty tears. <laughs> um, is there now that now that you have some time? Is there one restaurant in the world that you'd like to stage at? Currently, I think it would honestly be uh, Noma with their vegetarian menu. I think that yeah, just looks really dope. exciting, and yeah. it's like a new frontier for a lot of chefs. So yeah, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Is there a skill that you don't have now that you wish you would learn that's not restaurant related? Play the piano. That's for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe vocal lessons. Because I love music, we, but I cannot sing. And uh, it's like my wife yells at me anytime I try to sing in the car or something. <laughs> 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 so yeah. maybe vocal lessons or piano. Yeah. Do you play anything right now? Uh, right now? No. I mean... When I was younger, I played bass in like a punk band, played drums, um, and then I I did like turntable, like scratching stuff in like a heavy DJ Jeff. Like a, like DJ Jeff. What was your what was, <laughs> what was your DJ name? DJ Jeff. That was really it. Like Jazzy Jeff. I just dropped the Jazzy because I wasn't so cool. But uh, no, it was uh, DJ Rubot. Like nice. Play on my last name. Rubot. Like, Rubot. Rubot. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, like, yeah. That's fucking good. I like that. I like that a lot. 
this is Eddie's question. I'm going to ask it for him. Uh, deathbed meal. I'm going to die, so... Uh, We're all going to die. Yeah, so it's probably going to be my mother-in-law's braised oxtail. Ooh. It's just amazing. <laughs> it just... It's like gelatinous and sticky and... Um, it's are, you, one are, of those, are you saying that because she knows she's going to be listening? Yeah, she's actually... Uh, <laughs> she's got like the whole community listening right now. Oh, make sure she rates us on iTunes because okay. we want every mother to rate us. That's true, yeah. <laughs> We're all about the mothers here. Yes. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your oxtail. Uh, and your, your mother-in-law is Korean. Correct. So this is a Korean-style braised yeah, oxtail. it's like soy, Asian pear garlic just cooked down for hours carrots in there so it's like sweet salty um unctuous just mm. kind of like sticky it's awesome right on you're playing to my heart yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right and finally we have a little game of fuck mary kill fuck mary kill okay <laughs> rob king of duck or sort of King of Duck. We're, we're playing Fuck, Mary Kill, Eat That Mallard Edition. So, uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, these w- three ways of preparing duck. Duck a la presse, which we talked press. about. Already. Peking duck, or classic duck a l'orange. I feel like we got, let's, no, Mary Fuck, Kill, Ghost, and we're going to throw in Confit. Okay, Confit. Confit duck. Let's just... Uh, we're gonna kill the a l'orange, um, marry the press, and uh, fuck some Peking duck. Fuck some Peking duck, and, and, and you're then you're gonna ghost on the uh, confit. Ghost on some confit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fair. always really just hit it and then qu- leave it. <laughs> hit it and quit it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. it's preserved. It's good. It's gonna last. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing tonight? Uh, Peking duck. That's great. Um, when was the last time you had some really great Peking duck? Ooh, That's yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like, who, really who, great. Um, or who, who makes the best Peking duck in D.C.? We'll keep it local. Uh, I haven't... I, the only one I've had in D.C. is a Peking gourmet, right? Mm-hmm. So, Out in Arlington. Like, yeah. That's the only one I've had. Um, is it the Sunwa in Chicago? Is that what it is? Yeah, Sunwa. Yeah, yeah that was They just really recently good. got a James Beard. We used to go there all board. the time when I lived there. So right on. that's like probably one of my favorites. Nice. Okay. Well, Rob Robot, DJ Robot. <laughs> DJ Chef Robot. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you. You can revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts. And... Now you can listen to us on Spotify. Spotify. Add us onto your playlist. Um, in between Carly Rae Jepsen songs. And don't forget to uh, yeah, review us on iTunes or give us one star on Yelp. We eat that shit up. Uh, special thank you to uh, Jeffrey Lamaru for our intro music and DJ Rec Tech for our hilarious sound effects. Uh, next week we discuss Bill Murray's new book on guilty pleasure Chinese takeout favorites. <laughs> You're not going to say it. Okay. Treading the walk of shame. All right, guys. Thanks. Oh, and invitation still out for Mandy Moore so we can talk about her favorite candy. Oh, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts, covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO 
on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.